On this week's episode of The Fizz, we recap the Detroit Lions' major week one upset versus the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. After that, we talk about the rest of the NFL in week one and then look ahead to week two and how the roof is going to blow off in Ford Field with everyone wearing masks. After we talk about that, we talk about the tragedy that is the Mel Tucker era before closing with a little snake draft of the best concessions that are out there at stadiums. Before we get into all that, while we may have Kool-Aid coursing through our veins, the drink I want to talk about is Michigan-based Vosa. The RTD vodka beverage has just hit shelves this summer in a big way. If you haven't tried Vosa yet, go give them a try. They have vodka waters if you don't like carbonation. And then if you do like a little carbonation and a little more flavor, go try their Highline, which is 7% alcohol by volume. Vosa, enjoy the finer things. Hello and welcome to episode 115 of The Fizz. Thank you all for being here. I really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. It's me and the Chan Man today, and boy, are we excited to do this episode, especially after what happened last Thursday. Channy, how are we doing? We're doing great, Frank. We're obviously missing uh, the third amigo here today, Ice Cold Brew Lou down in Dallas, learning how to hang Christmas lights. So good luck to him. I don't know why you have to fly halfway across the country to learn how to put up some lights. But nonetheless, Ice Cold Brew Lou is a man of adventure, and he wouldn't ever pass up an opportunity to get on a plane and go halfway across the country. No, not at all. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, number one, he saw what Dallas did to the Giants um, on Sunday night, and he knows that we have Dallas on the schedule later this season. So he's just, he's laying groundwork. We're going to be there later this year, so he's just trying to get a lay of the land of what they're doing down there. There we go. I like how you're thinking. He's he's doing the dirty work for us right now, putting the bad juju on him, so by week 17, we'll be all prepped for him. Yeah, yeah, no, he's very... um, he, he represents himself better on this show when he's not on it. We help him. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, yeah, good weekend. Um, had a weekend with the boys up north. Probably my final up north golf weekend of the summer. Crazy to say that, that mm-hmm. it's already the end of the summer. Um, but had a good weekend with the boys. Celebrated one of our best buddies' bachelor parties. Um, so got away in the middle of the woods. Literally no service at this place. We only had Wi-Fi, so couldn't take calls, couldn't place calls, kind of just in the middle of the woods, disconnected with uh, 20 guys here for the weekend. So good weekend, and it, it really felt like it wasn't summer anymore. The weather, football, it just felt like it's fall. Um, so it was, uh, it was almost like a changing of the guard, and this was the official first weekend of fall. What did you do this weekend? Yeah, uh, well, absolutely. I remember, you know, texting you a few times uh, and getting some green bubbles. So good to get away. Um, couldn't agree more. Weather's turning. Today was like the chilliest day, uh, you know, since since summer started. Um, this weekend, the one thing I will note, went out to dinner downtown Detroit uh, and visited 
the newly remodeled, refurbished, brought back to life book tower, um, which I can confidently say is the most beautiful and spectacular building uh, in the city. They spared no expense reviving this thing. It is back from the dead. Uh, I walked through it when it was abandoned like seven years ago and they have redone it and it's absolutely immaculate. We ate at the French restaurant there called Le Supreme. Um, you know, while this is a very gritty show, I can clean it up every once in a while. <laughs> and uh, that restaurant rocked, service, ambiance, even the price tag at the end of the night, I was very pleased with. Normally downtown, like we say, you spend a little more, you eat a little less. This one, I was absolutely happy with the bill at the end of the night. Uh, Lay Supreme, downtown, book tower. If you need a date night, um, that place rocks. I can't say enough good things about it. So, so is the book tower the same place as the book Cadillac? Yes. Are they in the same neighborhood? or? Well, okay, so my dad said this. I'm going to Google this because he was like, oh, are you talking about the book Cadillac? And I just always called it the book tower. So I just want to... Okay. Well, no, the book Cadillac is the That's hotel, a, right? Yes. It's, yes, it's the hotel. It's the Westin. Okay. Yep. The book tower is down the street to the left, right next to Detroit City Apartments um, on Washington there. And it kind of has like an L shape to it. It's got like a tall tower and then a side building to it. Okay. Um, but it rocks. So if you get a chance, go check it out. It's um, It's beautiful. Detroit architecture brought back to life. They kept some of the old, made some of it, a lot of it new. Good shit. Good shit. Good. A plus to that project. Lay Supreme, Book Tower, Weekend Getaway when the Lions aren't in town. I'll put that as a note. I had a question for you, though, before we jump into football because it's been bothering me. So Please. we're seeing it in the stores. We've seen it in the stores. And it's starting to creep up around the neighborhood and in some friends' houses. Is it too early to put up Halloween decorations? Um, you know, September 13th, I would say if I would say, yes, I would say it's too early, but you're talking to a guy who has a skeleton on his front door right now. So, um, I think it's too early, but I don't make these kind of decisions in my home. So, um, between you and me, Chandler, it's too early. But if my wife is listening, it's no, it's never really enough to put up Halloween decorations. No, no, exactly, exactly. What, so, like, what's the story behind the skeleton? Like, is it decor? Do you keep it up all year? Did you forget to take it down? Like, give me the, the backstory on this one. Well, uh, growing up as a Halloween decoration, we have this, like, plastic skeleton. It just kind of hangs. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's it's kind of cool looking. But it was just, like, a childhood skeleton that my mom always put on the door. And she's sent pass the torch to my wife now who we now have the skeleton um and it's just like a halloween door decoration it's not like over the top or anything it's just like it's kind of a cool little like memento to spooky season but i wouldn't put it up on my door till october 1st but it's been up on our at our house for a week so okay so it's yeah. a sorry's fair family heirloom i guess now saying. it is it's it's now passed down one family you know so i guess now it's an heirloom Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's sentimental. There's a backstory behind it. You just tell people you got a, a skeleton up all year round. They're going to think you're a freak or freakier than you already are, but you well, know, it's not up all year round. Know it. yeah, it's not up all year round. That would be nuts. 
we're not. <laughs> that would be nuts. Um, but we, but you know, it's early. So, what do you think? What do you think about Halloween decorations? Early I think it's way too early. I think yeah. it's way too early. I mean, for me, the absolute earliest should be the first day of fall. First day of fall, we're still about a week away. I think if you want to actually do, you know, Halloween early, for me, the abs- you can't put Halloween up in the summer. You just mm-hmm. cannot put, even if it feels like fall, it's not the fall yet. So for me, you got to wait till the 21st. You only got another eight days. And then, hey, if you want to be an early riser with uh, getting Halloween decor up, get it up. But, I mean, that's the absolute earliest. I personally would never put it up before the month of October. Yeah, that's that's me too. But, you know, that's not my department. So That's not yours? So there's a skeleton up at the house. You know? I don't, rumor has it you have a better eye on design than your wife. Don't do that. Don't do that right now. <laughs> uh, I think that's that's the bell to get into football. I think that's the bell. So, Speaking of skeletons. Yeah, we just yeah cleaned out some over – over this last week, very cathartic win. Uh, Detroit Lions, Thursday night football, 27 plus million people watching on TV, the most viewed live television event since the Super Bowl. Detroit Lions take it 21 20 um, with the entire football world watching. Stunning. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. And I felt this way now for the second straight game. So week 18 last year in Green Bay, I felt like we were going to win that game the whole time, whether we were up, down, tied. I just felt confident in this team and that we were going to pull it out. And I felt this way Thursday as well. We had some patches in the first half where offense really didn't go anywhere besides one drive the first half. Um, We didn't have things go our way. I know we had that call where it was – a tripping when the guy got bulldozed and they called tripping on the guy who got absolutely planted on his ass. Um, So things weren't going our way, but I kept saying to myself, like this team's different. Like they're tough. They're going to pull it out. And I said that again, week 18 last year in green Bay and, and you know, they did pull it out and that's just showing that it is actually a changing of this franchise where, I don't know about you, but before I thought, how are we going to lose this game? What crazy way are we going to lose this game? Now it's, we're going to pull it out. It's just a matter of when we're going to pull it out. Um, it's, it's pretty interesting to hear you say that because obviously let's look back to last week. Uh, you were the only one on the crew who said we were going to gonna lose this game. Got to call you out on that one. Uh, we, hold, we hold ourselves accountable here. That's so, right. And then you're saying now, uh, you know, during that game, you had no doubt or not no doubt, but you felt very confident, you know, we were going to somehow win the game. I was I was complete opposite Um, during the game. I was very up and down and I was feeling pretty, pretty bummed and pretty bleak going into halftime. Um, It felt like we blew some opportunities, uh, gave the ball to them. They marched right down and score. And then we were just giving the ball right back to them. after half and you know that stop right three and out after halftime was like to me one of the most understated biggest sequences in the game um just to like stop that bleeding before it got out of control because if they would have went down um you know two scores you know maybe maybe 10 would have been okay but i think two scores would have been really tough to get back in this game 
Yes. Yeah, that's not what our offense is suited for. You know, we like to play, you know, either from just barely behind or ahead, seeing that we're a run-heavy offense, especially at this point in the season with who we have playing and whatnot. But, um, you know, it's interesting you say that because, you know, we came out and I thought the same thing. If they score here, it really turns the tide. But, you know, it really did turn the tide at the start of the game. I know you were on live about it was that fourth down fake punt in our own territory. It doesn't get any more Dan Campbell than that. Um, what were you thinking and what was your thought um, as far as that fake punt went and really what that shows as far as him as the coach and what this team believes in themselves going for a fake punt inside their own 20 in the first quarter? Uh, dude, no bullshit. Uh, head to toe, I have chills right now. Just even you saying all that, like, no joke. Head to toe chills thinking about it because, like, I number one, I don't think any one of the 27-plus million people watching that game called that. I don't think they're – if you tell me someone called that, I will call bullshit. <laughs> it was the second Lions drive of the game. Uh, it was the third overall drive of the game, and it was after a Lions three and out. And they were on their own 17 at fourth and two in Arrowhead early, early in the game versus, you know, again, versus the best quarterback in the entire world. No one in the NFL, no head coach makes that call besides Dan Campbell. I don't care what anyone fucking says. Dan Campbell's the only guy that makes that call. And mm -hmm. it's one of those things where I know no one in the world knew it was going to happen before. And then he does it. And you're like, holy shit. I like kind of forgot how nuts he is. So right. what it said to me was number one, Dan Campbell is true to himself. All the going for it on fourth down and risky plays last year was not gimmicky. Uh, just because we were like a half bad team for half the year. It wasn't gimmicky shit. This is how he coaches. Um, and number two, it's just like, it fully embodies the identity of the team, which is this fearless trust that we are a completely new team and we're never going to do what everyone thinks we're going to do, whether that's in the draft, whether that's signing players, whether that's plays on the field. I mean, it fucking rocked that <laughs> rocked. And then on top of that to march all the way down and score, because yep. who cares if they do it and they go, they, you know, they have a turnover, they go three and out the next three plays. Right. They went down, they scored a fucking touchdown for the first touchdown of the NFL season of anybody. So that's obviously I felt very strongly about it, but I thought it was in fucking credible. Yep. Yep. And, you know, when they marched down a lot of ARSB, we toted them highly here preseason going into this game. I mean, that was probably I know we had a lot of good performances on the team, but for me, just him with how de depleted our core is, you know, how he, he was the center of attention and still got open. He was the center of attention, scored a touchdown. He was the center of attention, made big plays. I think that was my highlight. If you had to highlight an individual, obviously there's a couple other you could choose from, but ARSB just showing out and talking that talk. And I, I feel like he's even becoming more and more of like the leader of this team yeah he's he's that dude i mean third and six from the chiefs nine i think everyone in the world knew we were going to arsb he catches the ball a little bit in traffic breaks a tackle finds the end zone 
six nothing Detroit. I mean, he's that guy. He's that dude. And everyone's looking at him, and he's still that dude. Yep. Um, I thought another, like, you know, for handing out that dude awards, uh, David Montgomery, absolute awesome. bell cow workhorse. Um, what, you know, we, he was in the division with Chicago, but I wasn't watching Bears games that much. He's a lot more shifty than I thought. He has, mm-hmm. like, way more shake than I thought. I thought he was a true head down, run through you, which he can do. But he, he was dancing a little more than I thought he did. Yeah, he has a little bit of speed, and I was a little surprised by that too. But to your point, 21 carries, 74 yards. I mean, he just kept it inching down the field. I don't think he had a a run longer than eight yards. Mm -hmm. But to just always give us that three, four, five yards, put us in second and six, second and five. I mean, that's the shit you need to be a successful team and a successful team with this offense where you don't have the firepower just yet in there. You can't be behind the chains. And to get those three, four, five yards on first down consistently from him, I thought that set us up perfectly. And I think you you maybe wrote a blog. I thought I saw it on the website about how Montgomery signing was absolutely the right call over Jamal Williams. And I think that stands true even more so after week one, not just because of what Montgomery did, but because of what Williams didn't do in week one as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Williams put his heart and soul into the team. That was great. All fine and dandy. The anime shit got weird for me at the end. It was like, it was like he went to New Orleans and I was like, now it's all kind of weird, isn't it? Like when he's not on your team, you're kind of like, well, now that's a lot weirder than I thought. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, truly, I didn't want the Lions to pass the ball in the second half. I just wanted them to keep running because I felt like, uh, Montgomery was picking up no less than two or three each time. Yep. And uh, he didn't get a ton of touches, but I mean, Jameer Gibbs is an NFL player and you can just fucking tell that that guy is actually going to be dangerous. Six yards per carry, nine touches in total for him this week. Like you said, they haven't unleashed him fully yet, which I think is smart. They need him for the stretch run. Um, but I mean, you saw the burst. It was like he hit the corner and hit the hole and was five yards upfield before anyone had a chance to even touch him. So I think he's got a ton of potential. Speaking of young guys, Laporta had a couple good catches early. I think he's going to get more in the mix as the year goes on. And we had some fun with them. I'm glad Ice Cold Brew Lou isn't here. But Brian Dawkins Branch with yeah. a huge play. In the second half, taking that pick six to the house. Um, The young guys showed out. And Campbell, although he didn't play a majority of the defensive snaps, you look at our first four picks from this year's draft, they all played, and they all played a part in that win on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, you can run down the list. Uh, Jameer Gibbs looked explosive. We just – we can't talk enough about him. I mean, outside of the speed and the shake and the hands, like, he's got, like, some size and some strength. He broke some tackles, like – if he doesn't slip on the turf, he's got his first NFL touchdown there. Mm-hmm. No doubt in my mind. He's got him beat five yards to the outside. Um, number two, you mentioned Jack Campbell. Uh, he made a fantastic play, uh, knocking a ball down over the middle, um, opening his hips, changing direction. Beautiful highlight reel play. Uh, Laporta, like you said, I thought really good hands. There was a tackle that he should have broke, 
Mm -hmm. uh, this is from a guy who was like five beers deep, you know, saying you got to break the tackle from the strongest guys on earth. Um, and then uh, who's the last? And then, yeah, like Branch, like you said, I mean, just taking that one to the crib. Obviously, he had to make a pretty athletic play to reach back and go get it. Um, but that kind of leads me to, you know, great things for the Lions there. Gritty win. I don't think either team played to full potential. They both looked a little like rusty. Yep. Um, and the Lions got breaks that they shouldn't have got. Like, I truly believe if Kelsey's in that game, I hate to say we would lose, you know, but that's a completely different game. I mean, how many times do you see Mahomes extend a play, scramble around, scramble around, and then he finds Kelsey just sitting on an island 15 yards down the field? Yep. Um, and he was doing that, but they were slipping through his receiver's hands. Yep. Yep. And they had, what, three, maybe four drops. I mean, not, not deflected eight. balls, not contested, like eight drops. And I think, what, four were like, I mean, it was like, I'm not kidding. Me and you could, me and you could catch those. Yeah. Now we probably couldn't sustain the hit and no. take it to the ground, but no. we could catch the ball. So um, definitely agree with your statement. You know, a B, maybe a B minus game from the Lions. A lot of things still to work out, but nonetheless, we can say, hey, this could have happened. That could have happened. This person played that. That's football, right? You're never a hundred percent. You know, after week one. If you're lucky enough to be 100% in week one, for the rest of the year, you will never be 100% in the National Football League. So, good W. Glad we got it. But, obviously, a lot of season left. Big game left this next week coming up with a team that's pissed off because they underperformed. I'm sure we'll get into that here in a couple minutes uh, after we recap the rest of week one. But it's a good start, and it's a start at that. Yeah, absolutely. And just a couple post-game notes from the Lions and just commentary and all of that. Uh, well, and well, just one thing in the game that I feel like we have to talk about is uh, Juwan Taylor wiggling, shaking, jumping every single play. That was actually pretty fucking crazy to watch. Um, I'm sure there's like some phrase for it that I'm not smart enough to know. But, like, it was just so illegal, but he was doing – and so egregious, but he was doing it so much, it became normal, and they never called it. Um, it was, it was mind-blowing to watch and listen to Tariko and Collinsworth, like, openly joke about it. And they're laughing and joking, and, like, we're just pulling our hairs out, hair out here at <laughs> HQ watching the fucking game. Yeah, yeah it was uh, – I, I don't understand that one either. Um, but, hey, we got the dub, right? That's all that matters. Ski masks come next. Um, you know, shifted more so into the bigger picture from week one. Um, obviously, a lot of big storylines from week one, um, starting with a team that I thought was going to win the AFC East and a former foe. Aaron Rodgers goes down, tears his Achilles, possible, possible career-ending injury. I know you had a lot to say about it. Um, I know you had shared his interception to Kirby Joseph maybe 75 minutes prior to that. So um, what's your thoughts overall on it? You were not on the Jets bandwagon. Obviously, they're going to be way better with Zach Wilson, so you can change that thought at any time. But um, what are your thoughts on the whole situation there? Yeah, so, you know, Rodgers goes down. I post the vid. Yeah, it's fine. So here's the deal. I'm, not, I'm never rooting for injuries. I'm never rooting for anyone to get hurt 
Um, Rodgers has, you know, really disrespected the Lions over the year. He's a cocky guy. He's going into the season. He hurts his leg. I post one of my favorite highlights of Aaron Rodgers ever where I'm at. I was at that game in Lambeau, and Kirby Joseph picks off his last, uh, last pass as a Packer. Um, and maybe as an NFL player. So that's what that post was about. It was like, hey, he's down with maybe in a tor- torn Achilles. I want everyone to remember that his last pass in the NFL was an interception to the Detroit Lions in Lambeau that's right. in Joseph. That's not celebrating um, an AFC quarterback going down, getting hurt. Nope. And on top of it, even if I was, which I'm not, um, I – I don't like feel bad for Rogers. I feel bad for Jets fans for sure. I can, I have a heart. I'm a human. Um, I have nothing against the Jets. I just, I feel bad for the fans. As far as Rogers goes, 39 year old guy in rain, like millionaire who tears his like Achilles. Like, I don't know. I don't feel terrible for him. If I'm just being completely honest, like it's not like this was, um, J.K. Dobbins, who has missed like two seasons of his young career and now is probably never going to play again. That guy I feel really fucking bad for. Rodgers has had a great fucking career. He's a Super Bowl, Super Bowl championship or champion. He's an MVP. And he wanted to roll the dice one more year in New York. And you're 39 years old on uh, arguably the worst turf in the NFL. So um, that's my defense of, of me posting the video there, I guess. But um, the situation yeah. for the Jets fucking blows. Like I said, I feel bad for fans. I am also bummed because I wanted to see how it played out. Uh, mm-hmm. I really am. Like, I wanted to see what happened. I didn't think they were going to be good, but I wanted them to prove that to me. Now, right. all of that is in the wash. Um, and I'll tell you one thing. Watching that game, you watch that game and you say, man, all the Jets need is a quarterback. And they'd be a really good fucking team because they looked really good outside of the quarterback position. Yep, I thought they looked really good. And as you and I had predicted last week, we thought the Bills were going to be a little flat this year, and they did come out flat. It's almost becoming a trend with Josh Allen. I mean, he's a turnover machine. In his last two seasons, he has more turnovers than games started. Um, So he's averaging over a turnover a game. And, again, just carelessness. He, He couldn't put up more than 16 points. He couldn't beat a Rogerless Jets team. He couldn't beat a team that had the wind taken out of their sails. Um, I just, I know you said it. I, I echoed the same sentiment. I just think there's something bigger going on there. I think there's some disconnect there. And I think that the Bills have peaked and that other teams, maybe the Bills aren't regressing, but other teams are progressing so much in the AFC that they're just going to get lost in the wash and be fighting for a playoff spot this year. Yeah, and I mean, um, you just when you miss your windows, like there's there's nothing, you know, nothing's promised from one year to the next. And like to have, like I said last week, have Casey on the ropes with 13 seconds left um, to go to the AFC Championship or to go to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, um, and you don't really get that chance every year. And I, I truly feel, and I said it last week, like, just to say it a different way, I feel like Josh Allen just tries to score nine points every drive. Yep. And he just he just wants it so bad, and he plays so hard, which I yep. respect the hell out of. But it's just not sustainable or smart, and it doesn't work. So I hope he's able to, like, 
learn and calm down. But I mean, he's like trying to hurdle linebackers <laughs> on four yard gains, and it's just and he and he's throwing bombs like to no one, and it's just four interceptions after a doink field goal to tie it from fifty plus out and yep. receiving the kick in overtime. No excuses. None. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. Um, another thing that we can relish with that we were correct about is that the Bears stink. Um, they're not bad. They're god-awful. Um, they're bottom 10, or at least that's what it looks like. We called it. Justin Fields is a fraud. Um, he's not a, a quarterback. I don't see him as a good young quarterback. I see him as a quarterback that can use his legs and can't throw. They got absolutely steamrolled and embarrassed by the Packers um, over the weekend. In Soldier, um, I, in Soldier Field, I thought the Bears were one of the bottom three performances of week one. Without a doubt. I think they're absolutely – I mean, if, if that – if you want to go benefit of the doubt and say week one – which makes no sense. You're at home. Uh, he's in his third year. Uh, mm-hmm. Field is. If you want to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, whatever. But if they, if they're truly that team, they're, they're going to be flirting with that number one overall pick. Like yeah. I have, I have no doubt. I mean, the fucking Cardinals looked better than them. Yep. Yep. I agree. And it's, it's the same old story. I, I feel like no matter who they get as a receiver, DJ Moore this off season, they never do anything when they're in Chicago. It's just one of those things. You go to Chicago. It's like the, the Tigers closers. You, yeah. you could be Joe Nathan, and then you get the old English Dion, and you're a closer. And it's like you get the yips and lose all control of your motor skills. That's what happens when you're a good receiver and you go to Chicago. It's like you forget what to do. You can't get thrown the ball. Um, they look terrible in all aspects. I don't see how they win six games even this year. And I think they're the doormat of the NFC as predicted. Yeah, they're just bad. And I just, it's so easy to say I told you so. And there's a lot of guys that I've been wrong about. Number one, Jalen Hurts. I didn't think he'd be good. He's sick. He's nasty. I picked him to win the MVP this year. Like, I never had any hope for Justin Fields. Like, never. And I just don't know where it came from because you he runs like a goddamn gazelle but if you watch him throw a football and make decisions it's it's bad it's It's bad it's fucking bad (laughs) it's it's very bad it's very bad well enough of the bad teams um what was the surprise that you liked in in a in the opposite way where'd you say oh shit i thought this team was either gonna suck or holy hell this player came out and just fucking lit it up week one um, well, the first thing that comes to mind, which is not exactly what you're saying, but, um, my dolphins, yes. uh, I know you're big on the chargers and I thought the chargers looked good too, but even I was like reluctant with that, like bold pick, but I just kept coming back to them and they made a pretty big statement winning on the West coast in that type of game. I thought hands down maybe outside of Lions, KC, and obviously we're a little biased there. That was the most exciting. It was the most exciting game. Like, let's, yes. like it, it was better than KC Detroit it, from just a football viewing standpoint. That yeah. was an electric game. And I think it just – those two teams are pretty electric offenses. Um, and you just don't want to get into a shootout with Miami because Tyreek Hill is, like, getting better somehow. Right. Um, and 
So I guess in that vein, someone who showed out way more than I ever thought they would was Tua. Tua played so good, and that throw he had to Tyreek over the shoulder, it was one of those phantom plays that you don't even know how he caught it or how the ball got there. Right, right. And much like you were with Jalen Hurts, that's how I am with Tua. I just I, I don't believe him. I'm not going to give him his crown yet or say he's made it, but I just don't see it with him. But hats off to him this week. Played a hell of a game. Made the plays when they needed it. Put some long balls up in the air on the run that were right on the money. He played about as good of a game as you can. Um, and he won that game for the Dolphins at the end of the day. Um, my biggest surprise, I think I got two this week. One, the Browns, I thought they were going to cover. I didn't think they were going to win 24-3 to against yeah. Cincinnati. Um, their defense looked dominant. Deshaun Watson looked terrible, and it didn't matter. They yeah. their, their defense was dominant. He threw maybe the worst interception that we're going to see this year. I laughed so fucking hard, man. I laughed so hard at that interception. I was I don't like, know if it went 12 yards or not. I was gleefully like giggling at that interception because you know I can't stand the Browns. I really hate Deshaun Watson. And like the way he cocked back and it looked like he was gonna throw it 100 miles an hour, and it looked like it got tipped, but like there was no one near him. And it just had no gas on it and went right to the other team. Like, I just, I don't know, some plays in football. Like, I, I texted one of my friends this weekend. Like, I forgot how hilarious the NFL can be, really. And that was, like, one of those moments for me. It gives you those moments. So, the Browns were one of them. And then a former Brown, I thought he had a big win. I know I got razzed on. We're accountable here. Big Baker W, first W in a Bucks uniform for Baker. Big win in Minnesota. I don't think he looked spectacular, but he, he didn't do anything to lose his team the game, and that was a really good win first week on the road for a Bucks team that rumors were they were just going to pack it in and start fire sailing this year, getting rid of Mike Evans, getting rid of other contracts. They go 1-0 in a very weak division. I thought that was a big surprise for me because I like them with the points. I, I can't even lie. No way I thought they were going to Minnesota and bringing that dub home. No, I had Minnesota Moneyline Parlay like, as an afterthought. I thought it like, what does that fucking say? Like, so, that, so this is the mystery of week one always, right? Uh, it's like, are the Bucks a real team or is Minnesota that fucking bad? And that's one of those where like the jury is going to be out for like three more weeks on. Um, right. I mean, math and logic would tell you that Minnesota is going to get absolutely steam pumped uh, Thursday in Philly, and I still kind of think they do because, like, my brain just can't comprehend them not after yep. losing the Bucks at home to open the season. Yep. Um, I mean, good sign for the division, I guess, but like, man, that that really that one totally shocked me. Totally, they laid an me. egg. Absolutely uh, laid an egg there. Um, speaking of, I, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say. Speaking of, speaking of who, I was just going to put a bow tie on it. But go ahead here. Yeah, I was going to move on to a, another egg layer. Um, Let's hear it. I mean, I'm ready for eggs. The New York Giants, man, they laid they laid a literal leg. That was bad. Now, what do you think it was, was Giants that? more than Cowboys? Um, I, well, so like, I don't. I'm reluctant. I don't think the Cowboys are like that good. I don't think they're okay. like beat the Giants by forty. Um, good, but like. The giant, like Daniel Jones kind of like shit his pants in the red zone, like three trips in a row, 
which mm-hmm. kind of set the tone for the whole game. And then they just kind of gave up, it looked like. Um, I just couldn't – I mean, primetime game, 40 nothing. That's It's just division rival, like uh, the eve of 9-11. Like it just – what the fuck did the Giants do there? At home, it was – and it was over before it began. It was over by the second quarter. It was insane. A terrible, terrible showing for the first Sunday night game of the year to have – a game basically 15 last 15 minutes and um i was driving home from up north during it but listening to it on the radio like it didn't even sound like they were getting in dallas territory or threatening to score or outside of the block field goal at the start of the game it sounded like they were just getting absolutely dominated the duration of the game yeah and for me it's hard to believe that dallas is just that goddamn good um but i guess we'll find out you know, I've doubted Dallas, and everyone's told me not to doubt Dallas, so we'll find out how good they really are. Luckily, we got Lou doing recon down there. He'll give us a little bit of insight when he comes back here this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> um, totally. So, like, just uh, the most – so the most – the two most boring games that I, like, watched the least of and had the least interest in, um, literally forgot the game was going on was Saints-Titans. Um, Terrible. Terrible. Like, who cares? Saints win, but like 16 15. And then the same exact game was going on between the Broncos and the Raiders. Even uh, worse. And the Broncos lost, like, at home. And they're just, you know, and I thought they were going to be better, and they're trash ass again. Mr. Unlimited's very limited. He stinks, man. <laughs> he, very is. he is done, I think. I think he might be done, man. I just, it blows my mind, dude. He was. He was fucking Russ. Like, I don't know. I always loved Russ, man. And, like, I just – Bronco Russ is just – let's ride Russ is just a different animal that I don't like. He fell off a cliff. He fell off a cliff. But it was a overall kind of an uneventful week one. I saw there was, you know, I think as compared to the average of the last five years, there was 23 less touchdowns scored this week one than the average of the last five years. So very low scoring, kind of uneventful. The only game that really blew up was that Chargers-Dolphins game. So kind of an uneventful week one. Like you said, a couple good matchups, but not too many. So I'm excited to get to move on from week two. But before, I got to throw one more jab on week one. I want to thank Chris Jones because you held out for apparently no and or little reason from what I read He's only getting incentivized more, so if he's all pro, if he's defensive player of the year, if they win the Super Bowl, if he hits these pie-in-the-sky incentives, he can make three, four million more a year, but he held out four bonuses at this point in time, signed yesterday with the Chiefs, and could be back on the field this week. Weirdest thing ever, and he was at the game in a suite surrounded by, like, two, like, henchmen. Did you see, like, <laughs> who he was sitting with? It looked like... Yeah, I, he was, like, sitting with, like, agent Italian henchmen. It was, it was very strange. It was very strange for him to be at that game and not playing because of that. It was, like, two local bookies. Yeah. They were, like, out of the movies, rounders or something. Seriously, it was weird. It was yeah. weird. It, yeah, that was weird when they cut to him. So, I just want to thank you, Chris Jones. Game might have been different, too, if he was in it. We talked about Kelsey being absent, but... Would have been probably different, too, if Jones was in there. So thank you, 
Hey, wishing you the best of luck the rest of the season, but thank you for your gift to the city of Detroit. Yeah. Amen. Um, well, let's, let's uh, talk about one more game and it'll segue into the preview of this game. Yep. Big shocker, big disappointment. Uh, Seattle loses to the Rams kind of pretty convincingly. Yeah. Um, so that surprised me. Stafford looked awesome. Uh, throwing to nobody, throwing to white guys like from Northwestern mm-hmm. um, and ripping it and just uh, eating alive Seattle. Uh, clip of the day from there is Geno Smith yelling, oh, my God, as Aaron Donald comes at him unscathed and throws it into the ground. But like now, you know, you look at Seattle and last year they were supposed to stink. They were supposed to come in dead last. They had Geno. He stunk, uh, supposedly. They make the fucking playoffs over us by a game. And, you know, that was kind of like a fluky miracle season. And now I'm looking at this like, are they just doing what they were supposed to do last year? Like, are, do they stink? I don't think the Rams are good. That's not one of those situations where I think, like, you know, like maybe Packers, Bears, okay, maybe Packers are decent. But, like right. – this one, I don't know if I'm buying 100%. Um, yeah, so are they just, like, bad? I, I mean, I'll tell you this. You are in absolute panic mode if you're going out and signing a 41-year-old offensive tackle to possibly play for you this weekend. They are banged up. Um, Lockett's out, I believe, this week, or at least he's trending to be out for Is this he? week. Yeah, Tyler oh, Lockett was hurt. I know, I know he got a concussion. I thought he cleared it, and I thought he was all right. I know the other two, one's out for the offensive tackles. Yes. One of, one of them's on IR, and then the other one has, like, a bad toe injury. And they signed yep. exactly what you just said, two practice squad guys. Yep, yep. So it's, it's going to be difficult this week for them. Um, I agree with you. I think maybe this is the true Seahawks. I guess we'll see a lot of time left, but um, we know – with no offensive line, you're not going to go anywhere, no matter how many bells, whistles, offensive skilled players that you have. And Geno Smith's not a good enough quarterback. He might be a good quarterback or an average quarterback. He's not a good enough quarterback to make up for the lack of an offensive line and or protection. So, um, I don't know. We've got a lot to discuss coming up to week two. I don't. I know you kind of previewed it on, on the Instagram yesterday, but... We have a big Sunday prepared for the boys at Champagne here, huh? Oh, we absolutely do. <laughs> we absolutely do. Um, so the boys, hold on one second. I don't know where I put them. I don't know where I put them. Um, I was looking for my masks. I was going to do this with the mask on. So if you're listening to audio, pretend I have my ski mask on. There's somewhere <laughs> in this office with just chaos right now. But CJ Gardner-Johnson, you know, after the big dub, pops the mask on, says brand new or uh, not the same Detroit. And he calls for yesterday, calls for everyone to buy a ski mask and to wear it at Ford Field. This is fucking nuts. Um, and... They sold out everywhere. Amazon sold out. Walmart's back ordered till October. Uh, 65,000 freaks on Sunday. You, me, Ice Cold Brulu, and our producer Mike are all going to be sitting together wearing, wearing masks. 
it's going to be the most insane Ford Field atmosphere maybe, maybe ever, maybe ever. I know the Monday night with the Jets was insane. That immediately got, you know, squashed and put away. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think of a game like where it the Bears Monday night, Javid Best had that big run. Yeah, but you this know, one that, is going to be just fucking bonkers. It's electric. I, I almost feel like going into it, just from people that I'm talking to, going to the game, people around the city, people who are just generally Lions fans. Like, it almost feels like a playoff game. It really almost feels like that's the atmosphere we're taking into it to like. We okay. We've seen it on the road the last two games. We had a chance to make the playoffs last year. We won, but that was on the road. We start the season off against the defending champs on the road, albeit shout out Lions Nation. There were there was a lot of Honolulu blue sprinkled in to Arrowhead last Thursday. Tons of Lions fans. Shout out Lions Nation. They showed out for that. But this is the first one we actually get in our backyard. And I just feel like everyone's ready to explode. I feel like there are going to be a ton of false starts on Seattle. You know, there's going to be that big Dan Campbell decision where everyone erupts. We don't know what it is. Is it a reverse pass? Is it a fake punt? Is he going to onside kick the opening kickoff? Like, he's going to do something crazy that's going to get the crowd into it and let them explode. I'm excited. I know the crew's excited. Just talking like, a little bit more about the game. Like, what are you looking for? What are you looking forward to? And I guess overall, like, what's your prediction? Because, again, I, I wrote down that the, the quote here, we hold ourselves accountable here. That's what I was told when I picked the Chiefs. And if I do remember correctly, maybe we can have Mike find the audio. Oh, yeah, Frank said last week, I don't know what's going to happen, but there's the, after week two, we will be one and one. Whatever yeah. happens week one, we will be one and one after week two. Yeah. So I'm going to let you take the floor, Frank. Yeah, I've been thinking about that um, since I, you know, we won. And, <laughs> and I saw the Seahawks play, the Rams. <laughs> the beauty of this business is you can just say whatever you want from week That's two. That's right. And nothing matters. Um, no. But I'm not going to act like I didn't say that. <laughs> but after doing week one, a week of research, um, it is hard for me. So – Part of my brain says this is a trap because the line is five and a half and it yep. looks small and we're coming off beating the defending champs and they're coming off literally beating like the last place or losing to the last place team in their own barn. All yep. the math and we're at home, all the math adds up that like it would make no sense for this line to be five and a half, just five and a half. It should at least be uh, six and a half if you ask me. Um, and truly, I think it should be like seven and a half. Yep. Um, so all of that in my gambling brain says, like, this is a trap. But if you just have fucking eyeballs and logic and you look at what Seattle was last week and you look at what we are and you look at the death trap that they're walking into, which is going to be Ford Field, the town, heist, masked up, insanity, loudest stadium in, in the fucking world uh, week one, there is no chance in fucking hell I think we lose this game and I think there's no chance in hell we don't cover I don't see I don't see the, a path for the Seahawks victory unless it literally looks like that 
Carolina game from last year and Kenneth Walker decides to Kenneth Walker us like Michigan state style. Um, and obviously there's a little bias there cause I love KW. So that's the only hope I have in that, in this fucking team. Like I, I don't, I, I don't see I agree. It. I agree. I, I, I don't, I just don't see it. Um, I, I said it earlier, this team's different. It feels different. Like they're motivated. They're not letting their foot off the gas. They got a team coming in this year who, a knocked them out of the playoffs last year. I'm sure yep. that's bulletin board material. B knocked them out of the playoffs not only because of week 18 last year, but because they came into Ford Field last year and beat us earlier in the season. There's a lot of motivation. I, I, I don't punt. did well, not punt, Channy. They didn't punt. We didn't, didn't force punt. a punt last year. You're telling me that that's not bulletin board material for that entire defense. Hey, you didn't 100%. let the hundred percent didn't punt with a team without either offensive tackle against a team who's rotating seven to eight guys on their defensive line. I'm not kidding. I don't want to say he's got the best motor I've ever seen. Hutchinson has a top five motor that I've ever seen. I've never seen a guy work harder Every play from snap till whistle, the guy's running from sideline to sideline, double spinning. He's like chugging and like his like head's nodding and everything. Like they are ready. The D line, I think, is going to absolutely dominate this week. I expect them to jump out to a lead. Seattle has to try to throw with that. They're not going to have the protection that they usually have. I get what you're saying. It looks weird. Five and a half just doesn't look right. It seems low. With that being said, West Coast team coming to the East Coast for a one o'clock game, home opener at Ford Field with a team who seems to have their head on their shoulder and is absolutely motivated, not only this season, but specifically for this game. I just think it's going to be a beating. I see a two to three touchdown victory for our Detroit Lions. Yeah, and I, you know, I hate to just look at the obvious and say that, but I just, there, I don't know how you can think anything else. I just, it's going to be so goddamn deafening and crazy in that stadium. Um, yep. They're going to feed off that so much. And you asked me what I'm really looking forward to. Um, number one, the atmosphere, without a doubt. Number one, just seeing these masks, seeing like a real culture. Um mm-hmm like forming a new culture of like winning and belief and like excitement and just like whatever. But number two, and it's a close second. I think this is going to be Jameer Gibbs. Welcome to the NFL. Uh, I think this is like when they just put together that crazy fucking play you're talking about, whatever it is, you know, like the, the crazy play, whether it's the Panay Sewell fucking jump out, whether the fake punt, this is going to be a Jameer Gibbs thing where, Mm -hmm. You know, fucking, I could see like Amon Ra throwing him, having like having him thirty yards down the field, and Amon Ra hitting him on a on an out. <laughs> fucking crazy. Um, so Jameer Gibbs, welcome to the NFL, and you're gonna hear it here first. I'm one for one so far this year. I said Amon Ra first tug, Jameer Gibbs first tug, first drive. Heads are gonna fucking explode in that place when Gibbs. Uh, you know, has a 13-yard fucking scamper, breaks a tackle, or breaks someone's ankles, and and puts us up six nothing. It's going to be bonkers. You heard it here first, people. The first touchdown props aren't even out yet on FanDuel. So I tried to place it today, and it wasn't there. <laughs> so when the market opens, get ahead before we move the market. Fast Hands has Jameer Gibbs 
first touchdown. It's funny you say that in my notes. My prop for this game was just Jameer Gibbs anytime touchdown. I didn't go as bold. I didn't get as bold, but I love Jameer Gibbs anytime touchdown in this game. I also believe that that's going to happen, and they're going to feature him a little bit more this week to get the crowd involved. Yeah, and even if he does, I mean, anytime is for sure a lock, you know. Um, and even if it's later in the game just to get the crowd, I mean, everyone wants Gibbs to score. I mean, everything on the internet was, like, joking. Why don't they give Gibbs the ball more? Why aren't they using him more? Like, the best meme I saw was, you know, Ben Johnson said, like, we're going to use Jameer Gibbs in some very unique ways that people haven't thought of. It was mm-hmm. that quote, and then, like, it said, like, how are they using him? And it was a picture of the bench, which I thought was very funny because that is a unique <laughs> way that no one thought we'd use them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My other bold prediction that I have written down, they will introduce the defense, not the offense, and CD will be coming out with the blue mask on, the last player introduced out of the tunnel. Fuck yeah. Um, I love that. Someone actually texted me that as well. I hope they announced the defense first. CD wearing the mask, that's got to be a fine that I'm sure he'll just pay. Um, I was curious if Amon Ra wearing the black last week was a fine because he was the only one spatted in black. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I don't know. I don't know what their colors. I mean, it's yeah, not. I, I don't know what their rules are with that because he did have a ton of black on. Mm-hmm. I bet you he just got fined. Yeah, they don't care. They don't. That's the new attitude. They don't care. They're wearing whatever. Yeah. Um, the mask thing is just so, so crazy to me. I mean, it's it's going to be bonkers and like, it's going to be so nuts. It's going to be. I love so- your. I love your interactions on social media with your mask comment. Like people on Twitter were like, "Who are you talking to that we have to wear one?" Year There's a lot of people mad. It's like, a, and if you go on TikTok, it's actually like a full bloodbath. Those are always the meanest comments. Uh, a lot of people are like, "I don't have to wear a mask." You know, I'll, like, I don't need to dress up like an idiot. I don't need to do this. And it's like, hey, you do you. I don't actually mean don't show up if you don't have a mask. I don't mean that. I'm just saying it with conviction. And you can do whatever the fuck you want. I'm going to have a mask. Am I going to wear it the whole game? Probably fucking not because I will faint. I have <laughs> before from overheating. Um, I'll be drinking. I'll be hot. I don't want to faint. But third and long, masks up, baby. Masks That's right. up. Um, That's right. And I was just a little, I wasn't like bummed. I'm not bummed. This is like, a, it's like a selfish way to say it. But like I, as soon as he did, like did that mask thing, I went online and I bought like a bunch of masks. And I was like, this is going to be a thing. I did not expect him to tell the whole fucking one private <laughs> to mask up for the game. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it'll still be good. So um, we both have the Lions winning. We both like Jameer Gibbs. We will be downtown all day. That's the plan, right? The champagne crew going downtown all day. We're going to bop around at tailgates. I mean, Frank, I know you want it. If you see us, come talk to us. We're normal guys. For me, hey, this is a side gig. This is all fun. We're one of you guys. We're one of the people. So we'd love to interact with you. Might have a Kool-Aid on us or two. Might have an alcoholic beverage on us or two. But we look forward to just really – and I think you could touch on it more, Frank, but really just encapsulating the environment that Sunday is going to be around and inside the stadium. Oh, yeah. I mean, originally we weren't going to go to this game, and uh, I got offered some some tickets. 
Um, shout out Sorgi Brothers on that one. I said I'd shout you out, but I'll do it on the story as well. Um, we appreciate you. Shout um, out Sorgis. Yeah, Tony and Mike, appreciate you guys. Um, we, um, yeah, we just want to be a part of it. So it's our first time doing the man on the street during the tailgate. Normally I'm just a straight boozer hanging out there, but now I'll be, you know, having a few drinks, interviewing some people out there. We'd love to talk to you. I'll have some stickers to give away, maybe some Kool-Aid packets. Who knows? Um, we'll get some content in the game. And then, um, you know, afterwards we'll have some video content for you guys to, to watch. So make sure you're sharing, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, merch sales today. So I just, if anybody's listening out there who bought something, um, or even just listening period, you know, I thank you so much. Like this is just a lot of fun and we haven't even started week two yet. So, uh, it's great. And, and kudos to you, man. It's not, people aren't buying the shirts cause I, I hate to say it cause they like you or like they, they want to be a part of it. Like those are some nice shirts like that bill Four tough. Like that is a great play on everything. The Dan Campbell line, the what is it? Say not not the same old Detroit or yeah, brand not, new Detroit. Yeah, the not the same player. Detroit with the CD mask. Like this is these are great lines. I mean, we're getting so much bulletin board shit here now with the Lions that like people want to be a part of it, and you're putting out great products for it. So kudos to you and the team at Champagne for for supplying the garb on uh, Sunday. Yeah, no, it's fun. Um, winning cures everything, huh? You know what I mean? Um, it's amazing <laughs> it wouldn't go how, with this team. Yeah, it's, imag- it's amazing how um, cool uh, phrases look when you win because it would be pretty cool. That line that, uh, what was it, Bob Quinn had? What was it, nine and seven isn't good enough? Right. Ain't good enough? That's really cool if you win like 15 games for the next five years. That's right. a really cool quote, but if you don't do it, nothing's that cool anymore. You know, so if we all mask up on, on Sunday and lay an egg um, in, a, in a game we should win, it's not that cool anymore. So got to back it all up, which the Lions are doing so far. That's right. That's right. Well, we got uh, two guys on here. I'm sure Ice Cold Brew Lou has a, a very similar sentiment. Lions going to take it. Um, Lions going to take it down this Sunday, and we hope Monday morning you get a good idea of how our day was in downtown Detroit. Yeah. And the plan for the Fizz is to record after Sundays, um, but we've all made the decision that we're not going to record after attending a game. One, we're probably not going to want to be in the best state to do that. And two, um, literally my videographer would have way too much work to do during the day. So um, (laughs) we're not going to record when we go to the game. That's the new rule. Um, And it's just going to keep evolving. Um, okay, I need I need a final score prediction out of you, Channy. All right, I said two to three touchdowns, right? So yeah. I'm going to go right smack dab between it. Lions 34, Seahawks 17, Aiden Hutchinson two sacks, Jameer Gibbs anytime touchdown. I love it. I love it. You said Hutch two sacks? Two sacks for Hutch, yep. Fuck yeah. All right. What, what are you looking at? Um, very similar to you. Um, I think I'm just going to put a little flair on the final score. Uh, little, little, uh, I don't know, a little art to it. I'm going to go 31-13, if you blend the ones. Um, everything's coming up Detroit. Uh, you know, I want to be up 17 nothing after the first quarter. And, uh, 
you know, just have it turn into a party and everything's fun after that. But, you know, still an NFL team. It's any given Sunday. I am talking way too far in front for a game that does on paper. If you just had team one, team two, uh, it looks like a trap. But I'm going 31-13. I would be pretty damn shocked, as I'm sure everyone else would, if uh, they did not pull this one out. I agree 100%. And although we're not doing the fizz, we got the content. And keep an eye out. We should be having some updates throughout the day as well as as things happen, much like you did last week. I'm sure you're going to put on some great content for us, whether big things happen at halftime, whatever it may be. But keep an eye out this weekend. If you're not fortunate enough to go to the game, you're going to feel like you're at the game if you're following Champagne. Amen. Should be good. Should be good. All right. So we just did our full NFL recap. Lions look ahead. Um, Let's get two picks. Yep. Each of us for the week. Yep. Um, Yeah. So I will. I'll let you lead off. Go ahead, Jan. I'm going to start it off now. I usually don't do this. A because I don't like big spreads in the NFL, and B because. When it looks too easy, it seems to be too easy, and you have to go with the other team. But on yep. this one, I ripped on them earlier. I don't think they're going to be great this year, but I like this spot. And I'm talking about the Buffalo Bills hosting yeah. the Las Vegas Raiders, laying nine and a half. West Coast team playing an East Coast team early on in the day. That's factor number one as to why I like this one. Factor number two. Bills played like shit last week, plain and simple. Factor number three, Jacoby Myers hurt for the Raiders. Raiders didn't look that great last week, eked out a win. I wasn't very impressed by them. I think the Bills are going to go off in this game. I think they have a five-plus touchdown game. Give me the Bills minus nine and a half at home against the Raiders this weekend. Okay, yeah, uh, good pick. It's one of those where the line is so big they almost have to cover it. Yeah. Uh, and one thing I did mean to do before we got started, and I, a little awkwardness on the, the order here, so I do apologize. Um, wanted to recap what we did last week. So last oh, week, the whole crew went one and one, except my dog, Hank. Um, <laughs> he picked Dallas, which was the, the lay down bet of the week. So shout out, to my, week. shout out to my fucking dog. Um, <laughs> if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, uh, every Sunday, 10 a.m., you're going to have a betting show with me and my dog. Um, and then... I feature the picks from Channy and, and Lou on the story, but Chandler last week missed on chargers minus three hosting the dolphins. And he hit on a pick I hated, which was Browns plus two and a half um, at home versus the Bengals. So one and one for him on my end of things, I used the same logic Channy just used, but with the Steelers, um, the line made no sense to me that I thought it had to make sense. It made no sense. Steelers looked like a bottom five team as well, Um, but San Fran looked like a Super Bowl contender. They beat the shit out of the Steelers. Um, So I missed that one. And then by the skin of my teeth, I hit Jaguars minus four and a half. Colts ended up shitting their pants at like the three yard line to save that spread. So was glad to hit that. Moving forward, my picks for this week. Using the same logic that uh, Chandler just used. Big line, Bills nine and a half at home, angry, upset, playing a bad Vegas team at home. I'm, I'm doing the same with the G-men. 
G-men host the Cardis with a minus six line. Cardinals are not a good team. I don't think the Giants are as bad as 40 nothing. Um, and if you get embarrassed that bad, you normally want to kill someone the next week. So I am going to take the Giants, the G-men, minus six, hosting the Cardinals this Sunday. So I believe they're playing in are they, are Arizona. They uh, you're probably right. So does your pick stand? Yeah, it stands. I'm it keeping stands. It. I'm He's keeping, keeping it. it. All right. Yeah. Keeping it. That sounds good. Um, so I think getting away from their own fans actually might relieve. I'm going to, I'm going to spin zone it. Getting away from their own fans actually might relieve some pressure after a, a 40, nothing whopping, you know, there we go. Here we go. So, um, so you've got the giants. I've got the bills. It seems like we're going with favorites. I'm just going to stay on this favorite bandwagon and I'm going to go with everyone's favorite theory, the up down theory. And I bet against this team last week, and I'm going to bet with this team this week because guess what? They're my Super Bowl champs. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Cincinnati minus three. They looked terrible last week. Uh, you know, they couldn't protect Burrow. They couldn't get anything going on offense. They played sloppy. It seems like they were just kind of hung over. Um, I think this week has their attention. The Ravens are coming in town. They know what they bring. They've had a lot of battles with the Ravens the past couple years. They're going to be ready, and they know that the chances to make the playoffs drastically decreases if you go 0-2 as compared to 0-1. Bengals have been in these types of games. Bengals know what they need to do. Chalk me up. I'm writing on a chalkboard this week. Give me another favorite, the Bengalis minus three. Okay, Bills and Bengals, nine and a half, three and a half, or nine and a half and three. Uh, Unlike Channy to to have those type of picks, so that's very different. It is not unlike me to have those picks, though. (laughs) Um, And as much as I'm looking at Houston plus one versus the Colts, there's too much shitty football and too much chaos there for me to even want to touch that game. I'm going to keep this one simple. I don't think the Rams are any good. I think they had a great week versus the Seahawks on the road. But now that was a game they weren't supposed to win. They're feeling happy. They're going into San Francisco, who looked like fucking world beaters. San Francisco is having their home opener. I had this line at nine and a half, and it's at eight. Um, So to me, I want to jump all over it. And it's one of those where like eight, it's just – it's it's too big. They got to cover. You know, the, the seven is not going to scare me or anything like that. I think San Fran dials up a defense that the white guys from Northwestern can't handle. Uh, Stafford forces a throw he shouldn't, and Brock Purdy just steadily beats them down. I got San Fran minus eight in. All right. Or in All right. candlestick. So we're chalky. We've got yeah. uh, four favorites this week. Two of the biggest spreads, two out of the three biggest spreads this week, we took the favorites. So champagne's all chalk this week. That's how we're riding it. We know what happens early in the season. The sheep win early. Vegas gets cracked. Take the favorites. Take the easy picks early on. Yeah. And let's be honest. Let's be honest. The pick this week is the Lions. Minus five. Well, right, right, right. We, we, um, and we, we only can't do that. Yeah. Yes, that's the yeah. pick. Yes. And the um like to be honest, the Eagles tomorrow are minus six and a half at home hosting Minnesota. Uh or today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, which is something I also love. 
um, little little money line parlay. I'm just gonna say this: money line parlay. If you're listening to this on Thursday, Eagles money line, Lions money line. If you have patience enough to wait through the weekend, it's even money. It's even money for Eagles Lions money line. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. That's a two unit. That's a two unit from Fast Hands there. So I like it. I like it a lot. That'll be for the early listeners. They get that little deal. There we go. What, what was the other thing you said earlier about the, the, the listeners that listen on Thursday? I thought I we had something earlier in the podcast where you got a little nugget if you listen to it on Thursday, but I don't know. We'll My figure memory. it out. Bad memory. That's our NFL talk for this show. I want to briefly touch on, I want to bring the show down here. Um, not because I want to, I don't want to do this, but I feel like, um, you know, we're all Sparties on this show. And if you don't talk about it, it's kind of bullshit. Um, you can't just talk about the stuff you like and not the stuff you don't like. So um, Mel Tucker investigation comes out. Our USA Today article comes out. Uh, he was, you know, he's jerking it on the phone talking to uh, a former rape advocate or a former rape victim who now turned advocate that's hired by the school to help out. And she's accusing him of sexual harassment. Um, it's the worst. It's the fucking worst goddamn news thing we could have ever heard. Um, we find out the investigation has been going on since December of last year. Uh, and for me, these are my thoughts on it. Um, we are still waiting on all the details, all the, the, the investigation to be done. Mel very well could be quote unquote innocent of harassment. And I am very much for the thought process of innocent till proven guilty type deal. Um, for me though, the fact that we're at this point, the fact that he admitted to doing this, the fact that this investigation has been going on since December, uh, it just says to me that no pun intended, your head's in the wrong place. Um, in general, like you're just, if you're doing shit like this, you're not focused on the ultimate goal, which is the program. And if you're having to deal with investigations and your marriage is falling apart, blah, blah, blah. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but you know, you got to clean up your own home before you can like really focus on taking a program to the next level. And when you're making 90, plus million dollars over the next X years, there's no room for error. There's no room for distraction. Um, Mark D'Antonio wouldn't be caught within 400,000 miles of a situation like this um, because he was so focused on the program and winning. So it's not about innocence, non-innocence, the process, the trial. Mel's got to go because he decided to put other things in front of the main goal, which was, you know, the job. Right. So he's out as the Spartans head coach. Right. And, and I got to think it's got to be permanent, but we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see how everything plays out. I don't know if I have much faith in the administration at no. Michigan state, but I mean, such a serious situation with, you know, the, first of all, what he did and then who it was to, which was a former rape victim. Um, this is probably the most serious crime outside of murder in our society. And to, you might not be guilty of a crime, but you're guilty of stupidity mm -hmm. and stupidity puts you in bad situations. And for him to ever think that a, you could just do this in general with someone who you were working with through the university and then b 
who this person is and what has happened to this person in the past, you're guilty of stupidity. And whether that's warrantable to fire him, I don't know his contract. I don't know the legalities, although I did see verbiage that if he is to bring any bad publicity or any negative publicity to the university through public actions, some verbiage like that, it, that is a clause in his contract as an out from the university's end. I find this whole thing weird. Um, I feel like just bits and pieces are coming out. And like you said, the investigation has gone on since December. Um, this isn't new. Um, it seems like it's just dragging out. And even since it broke Sunday morning, we're kind of getting bits and pieces. We're kind of not. He said he didn't do it. He did do it. It was consensual. It wasn't, you know, it, it's just all muddied. And I, I can be honest with you. I really don't know what to think at this point in time. All I know is he made a stupid decision and he should pay for it. That's what I do know. On the criminal and legal end, I don't know that. I'm not going to pretend to know that. On his contractual end, I'm not sure. I just know he's supposed to be a leader of men. He goes into the homes of these kids. They're kids when he's recruiting them. And he looks at the parents in the eye and he says he's going to take care of them and grow and develop them. And then he does shit like this. You can never, in my opinion, regain the trust, at least at Michigan State, that you did have, especially with the players that you recruited. So your sentiment's the same as mine. I believe that he has coached his last game as a Michigan State Spartan, and I believe he should have coached his last game in a Michigan State Spartan. And it just seems like we're hitting reset just once again. I mean, the, the, the second time in four years where the rug is completely pulled out from us at an odd time of the year, and we've got to scramble to find what's next because we're not hiring a coach this year. We're going to have a rocky season and then we're going to have to persuade someone to come into a situation where there has been two major sexual assault cases here in the last five-ish years. Yeah, it's unacceptable, and it makes you disappointed. You know, I mean, I'm always proud to be Michigan State Spartan, but you, you know, you're it's disappointing. You know, it's uh, you know, and then on the other side, um, you know, and not that this is about Michigan, but anything Michigan State does is, is always has a Michigan reaction, whether you like it or not. And I do think the rivalry is very toxic. But right now, I mean, they're sitting number two in the country and Harbaugh is like working the chain gang um, for like his kids game during his, you know, self-imposed suspension. It's just it's a whole nother world over there. Um, and we look like jokes and we should be laughing at ourselves right now. Um, but I mean, exactly what you said, like whether he's guilty, whether he's innocent, whether it was consensual, whether it's a crime, whether it's not like, I just think his mind is elsewhere and it's not on being the elite football program that we know we can be. So he's got, he's got to go. Um, on a lighter note with that, Harlan Barnett, I, or yeah, love Harlan Barnett. He, um, rocks, um, very excited. He's been with the program for a long time. I'm excited he's the guy taking over. I wish him absolutely the best of luck. And it would be just amazing to absolutely shock the world and beat Washington on Saturday. And it would, I mean, it's going to be a very long shot for us to do so. But if we were able to somehow do it, which sometimes Sparty has that magic, um, it would expedite. It would fix a lot of things real fast, I feel yep. like. 
It would expedite this healing, this pain, this embarrassment process. Um, if they go out and they lay an egg, it's going gonna, it's gonna to burn really bad. If they go out and win this game on Saturday, uh, I think the image of Mel Tucker, they've already pulled down pictures of them, posters of them. It's going to go away quicker than we think. Yep, I agree 100%. And I don't think right now there's a better person for it. I know Mark D., um, guest of the show, um, yeah. is coming back to help with the program. And you have a guy who played under George Perlis nearly 40 years ago, a Spartan for life. He's been on this staff a couple different tenures. Um, no better person to just really try to hone in and try to help heal the Spartan community right now. Because again, we're just taking blow after blow after blow these last three to four years. And I'm kind of the opposite. I, I know Washington's good, but I feel like they're going to come out guns blazing this week. I feel like they're going to be ready. Um, I feel like a lot of these players have a chip on their shoulder coming out. And it's never easy. We talk about it in the NFL. Same thing with college. It's never easy going from the West Coast to the East Coast, just like we saw last year when we went East to West and got folded up by Washington. So I think they're going to play tough. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a Michigan State W this weekend. I love them with the points plus eight. Um, but I think they're going to put out a good showing. I got plus 16, Channing. You, you see an Plus eight? 16? That's what I saw, man. MSU. No way. I'm looking right now. Dude, I saw plus 16. No way. What's the spread on the – dude, 16 and a half. 16 and a half? Oh, my God. Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, it's spooky, man. That's why I was like, we're bigger dogs than – yeah, dude, it's 16 and a half. <laughs> I don't know how I saw eight. Maybe they had it. Dude, First that time. is insane. That yeah. is crazy. 16 and a half. That's, that's, let me quote our, our third amigo. Back up the Brinks truck, take <laughs> it to the bank, and put your, your whole mortgage on Michigan State. Nuts. Wow. Wow. So, 16 and a half. I think they cover that this week, but I guess... I guess we'll see what happens, but we're like not good at this serious stuff, Frank. So you want to like try to like keep it light and uh, put a bow tie on the fizz here? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, so I'm trying right now. So I was going to jump into over under, mm -hmm. but it looks like I think Jer let me see Jerry. I know Jerry was very busy today, which I'm actually not making fun of him for. I know he was he had a lot of shit going on. He was Did he pay the credit card bills? I don't know yet. That's not my thing. Um, if it's paid, great. If it's not, you know, the business is going to break. I say while we wait for the over-under, we do our little game since we're going to the game this weekend. Yeah, let's do that because Jerry didn't send it. Bag of shit. Maybe he thought we were recording tomorrow or something. I'm trying to think of why. He must have got busy. I don't know. Uh, unless it's in my junk. I don't know why that would happen, though. Let's just take a look really quick. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just kind of shocked. He doesn't normally, uh, the good thing is we're prepped. We got something as backup. We knew, we knew this could be a possibility. We know Jerry's hard at work. Um, but we, we have a backup if over under is not the game. Nine, five. Nope. That's last week's. I don't have it unless he sent it to right. a different email, which I'm not going to check. So All let's right. jump into what we were going to do. Chaney tee it up. This is your yep. idea. Snake draft, snake draft. So we are going 
to the game this weekend. We're bringing back our snake draft. We usually have three people that do it to this week. And what's one of the best things about the game once you get into the game? It's the stadium food and the concession stand. So me and Frank are going to go back and forth. I'm saying we're going to do four rounds, Frank. How does that sound? Four rounds total. We're going to do a snake draft of the best stadium foods. Beer does not count. That's a given. Beer is great in the stadium. Stadium foods. So since I kind of took the lead on it, I'm going to give you the first overall pick, and I will get two and three. So, Frank, start us off. Number one pick for stadium foods. Yeah, Channing, I appreciate you giving me the first one. Um, I think this is pretty obvious. If anyone knows me, um, if anyone knows my name, um, there's no way I could ever pick against the traditional, the steady, every sport, every sporting event, every little shitty hockey rink concession stand, every little baseball field you ever played at. If there's a concession stand, the one thing that's always there, the holy rollers, the hot dog. Oh, man. Whether they're grilled, whether they're rolling. I don't even care if you're fucking boiling them in the back (laughs) of a fucking at Kite Monroe or whatever. The hot dog, something about it at a Wings game, a Tigers game, Lions game. It just tastes different. I can never recreate how good they are at home, um, no matter how hard I try. I don't even know how long they've been sitting on the grill. The hot dog is king, whether you dress it up. Go dry, Chicago style, Coney Dog. The hot dog is the undisputed number one sporting concession in my book. And I I'm thought you, the friend. I thought you were going to say it. I thought you were going to say that. So great pick. That is the staple of stadium foods and a very worthy number one overall pick. The steamed bun. The steamed bun gets it for me. It's just, it's the goat. It's the goat of stadium foods. You got to get two. That's the only like qualm I guess I'd have is I wish, I wish the dog was three feet longer because like <laughs> you eat them in three bites. It's just you suck them down. At least I for fun. One sake. for one for the walk back to the seat. One yeah. while you're at the seat. You know. Exactly. So hot dog goes number one. All right, number two overall pick for Stadium Foods. It's a little complicated, but you got to go with it. You know what I'm going with? The nachos. Wow. Nacho chips. You got the cheese on the side. You got the salsa on the side. And you got the jalapenos up on top. I get jalapenos probably just just second place behind how frequently I get the hot dog. So I'm going to go with nachos as the number two overall pick i need to comment before you get to third a hundred percent channy i got it circled here in my notes uh to make a note that nachos at the stadium are overrated wow overrated. i am wow. not i am not a nacho guy at the stadiums and maybe i, I just feel like when we were younger if i ever got them like it was just a lot of like salty chips and like they weren't covered enough as much as I wanted them to be. And like, maybe the cheese would get hard on me. I never was a nacho guy. Cause I felt like I would just eating, end up eating plain tortillas is how I felt. Um, maybe they're better now, but you stack nachos higher. 
you need to make them wider. They need to come out on like a, a tray. They need to be on like a large tray. Sure. Um, I love nachos, but in the stadium, not for me. You know, you got to okay. use two hands. There's too much going on. It's on your lap. Sorry. Too, sorry. too hot to handle for you. That's all good. I like the taste of it over the inconvenience of it. Um, so I'm going nachos number two. And it really doesn't matter where these come in because I get two in a row. So I'm going distant cousin of the hot dog with pick number three. I'm going with the Italian sausage slash bratwurst. Wow. I mean, nothing like it. I mean, like you said, it just kind of hits different at the game. You got the Italian sausage, handheld, easy to use, a little bit more girth than the hot dog, fuels you up a little bit more. Love the Italian sausage. So I'm going to come back with Italian sausage as the third overall pick. You know, I, I respect that. The Italian sausage is always a ballsy pick because you're essentially, you're choosing tube steak, right? And to pick that over the hot dog when you have the opportunity for a hot dog is ballsy. You know, it's ballsy. I feel like, you know, if there's like a summer that I'm getting a lot of free tickets, that's when I'd get the Italian sausage. Cause like, well, I've done hot dog like the last five times. So yep. maybe I'll go Italian yep. sausage. Okay. I respect it. All right. Number four for me and this one is more LCA, uh, Comerica Park specific, um, but the sentiment still stands. And those are the two stadiums I go to probably the most. I got to go with the pizza slice, the super Ooh. slice, the super slice. <laughs> um, it is just a hilarious dynamic. It's a gigantic, thick piece. It's like two slices in one. It's like jet style, but it's Little Caesars, thick ass deep dish pizza and it costs like 750 which is so funny because you could walk 10 feet out of the stadium and get an entire fucking round pizza for five dollars for two dollars cheaper than the super slice but there's nothing like that super slice um that's something you can actually eat if you're hungry like hot dogs not gonna fill you up super slice could actually get you some of the way there so super slice without a doubt from little caesars in those two stadiums is my number four it's kind of chalky right now. I kind of, as far as my rankings go, those were four out of my top five right there. So mm -hmm. we're kind of on the same wavelength here. You get the fifth pick coming back on the snake. Who are you taking at number five for stadium foods? Uh, I don't feel like I'll get called for a technicality here, but if you feel like I need to, you let me know. Okay. But I don't want to stray too far from the family. I had hot dog number one. You had Italian sausage. I got to go corn dog. Oh, I knew you were going to do that. Okay. <laughs> corn, corn, dog, corn dogs are so fucking elite. I would almost put them above the hot dog because the corn dog, it's on a stick. It's got extra calories to it. It's got breading around it. There is nothing better than a fucking corn dog dipped in mustard. And they are the ultimate stadium food because it's on a fucking stick. There's nothing more American than tube steak with breading around it on a fucking stick. It's the most American food there ever is. Corn dog, number five overall. Corn dog, love it, love it, love the pick. Number six overall. So I'm going to go a little risky on my second one here. I'm going to sure. take the one that I think we're all thinking at number six here. Let's go plain and simple. Get it at the carnival. Get it at the stadium. Hell, you can get it at Target. 
Give me the pretzel with the side of cheese. Give me the pretzel with the side of cheese. Again, I don't love the whole logistics of dipping and putting it in the cheese, but (laughs) I love a pretzels with cheese. So I'm going pretzel with cheese at number six. Big salt guy too. I mean, salt, right? Yes. Okay. Some people like wiping it off. I mean, sometimes you get too much and you got to, but like people who like don't want it on there, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm a salt guy, so I'll eat it. I'll uh, give me as much salt as you need to. Um, but pretzel with cheese is one of those those staples. And then I'm going to go a little off the radar. I had a couple more we could talk about after the draft, but yeah. I, I always go back to this one. Okay. And I used to get it at the Palace. You can get them at your local fairs. With the number seven pick, I'm going to get – the cinnamon sugar almonds. Oh, I yeah. love the cinnamon sugar almonds. They tie them up. It's a little like cone looking thing. They're easy to eat. You dump them in your mouth. It's a good little sweet tooth. I feel like I only get them, like I said, at the fair or at the stadium. And like I said, it's a nice switch up. I'm like loading up on the sodium with my Italian sausage and double salted pretzel. So I need to kind of bring it down a little with some sugar. So give me the cinnamon sugar almonds at number seven. Um, yeah, I actually had that on the list uh, here as well, um, without a doubt. So I'm debating whether I want to go same route as you, um, but I don't think I do. I think so. I want everyone out here to know that I rarely ever get this item. This is a luxury item. Uh, this is a I'm actually fucking hungry, and if I don't eat, like I'm gonna be too drunk. Item like didn't eat, drank too much. I rarely get this. They take too long. Um, and I don't need this type of luxury when I'm at the game. You know, give me the, give me the meat on a stick, but chicken tendies. Um, if there's ever a time, uh, I need a little extra substance and nachos aren't going to do it or a dog or the slice line is too long. I will get chicken tendies. They're usually like $150. They take too long. They're way too hot. They're way too small. Um, but once you get them down, normally feel a lot better chicken tendies is my eighth pick on the on the draft so to recap <clears throat> we've got frank with hot dog not just a pizza slice but the super slice yep corn dog and chicken tenders i'm rolling with nachos an italian sausage slash bratwurst the pretzel and the cinnamon sugar almonds some honorable mentions in my opinion I was thinking maybe Dippin' Dots. I love getting Dippin' Dots at the stadium. I think that's a good one. Only for Tigers games I like this, but those like little frozen lemonade cups or frozen lemon cups, those are fucking awesome. And then something I don't like anymore, but I liked growing up, cotton candy. I loved the cotton candy growing up. And you can't forget the classic. I just... I, I don't know. It's so cool. You can just throw shit on the ground. The peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, so I had the note I was going to make for my honorable mentions was peanuts for sure. That was always me and my dad cracking the peanuts, throwing them on the ground. This goes back to my point, which I made about Fenway, you know, at LCA for maybe even not even Fort field, like LCA, especially is what I'm thinking of. It like feels too clean to throw the peanuts on the ground. I feel wrong about doing it. At the Joe, it was like welcomed. Just throw <laughs> them on the fucking ground. Who cares? They're not going to clean the place anyways. Um, so that's how I feel about peanuts. Cotton candy, absolutely, as a kid. 
Um, one thing I would always get at Joe Louis Arena, we would go in the back stairs entrance and to the left immediately was uh, the Little Caesar stand and they had frozen Cokes. I know that's a drink, Ooh. but I would always get a frozen Coke as a kid. Um, and that fucking rocked. Um, another sweet treat that I would get uh, quite a bit growing, going to Wings games growing up, I would get the Toll House um, ice cream cookie sandwiches. That was like something I would get as well as a kid mm-hmm. that I have fond memories of. Um, and then I also had the, the toasted almond note in here as well. But yeah, you know, like they have all these crazy things now. Like, oh, try this at the game. It's like a fucking waffle on top of a fucking brisket on top of this and that. Like, I don't need all that. I don't need all that. I, don't, I just need a I just need like a shitty concourse, a dirty floor and, and a hot dog. That's all. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Grease, salt, and fat. That's what I want at a game that I can hold in my hand. Yeah. Yep. And then beers. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, that's episode 115. We got done with our draft. The Fizz Fizz team is headed to Ford Field on Sunday. Me, Channy, Ice Cold Brew Lou, producer Mike, we're going to be there. We're going to be excited. We'll be tailgating, bopping around. If you see us, come say hey. As always, if you are listening to this, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, watching on YouTube, share it with somebody, talk, tell them about it, suggest the new podcast to them, um, follow Champagne Athletics everywhere, support the store. We appreciate you guys, as always. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and we're only two weeks in. Long way to go. And uh, just thank you. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you next week. Go Lions! See you.